Our show begins in Egypt, where a new president, Mohamed Morsi, of the Muslim Brotherhood-backed Freedom and Justice Party, has struggled to fulfill the demands of that country's revolution. It's been just under two years since Hosni Mubarak was forced to resign as president of Egypt, and many Egyptian youth are impatient for more change. The new government of President Mohamed Morsi, they feel, has not done enough to advance the major concerns of the revolution. Women's rights, reformed schools, opportunities to work. But not all youth necessarily agree on how to advance these reforms, and some are backing Morsi. Kim Fox has this report from Cairo. Tahrir Square, the heart of downtown Cairo in Egypt. The site of the Arab Spring uprising has gotten yet another makeover. Where there once was dirt under the feet of millions of protesters, green grass and small trees now grow. The circle at the center of this historic square has a fresh and hopeful feel after becoming the focal point of Egypt's uprising in 2011. Since that time, though, Egypt has hardly had a smooth transition to a new government. About a year ago, 26 activists, mostly Coptic Christians, were killed after protesting the burning of one of their churches. The protests happened at Maspero, the home of Egypt's state media. Many Egyptians hold the military responsible for those killings, but no formal trials have taken place. And there were bloody clashes between youth and the police on Mohammed Mahmoud Street, near the gates of Egypt's oldest private university, the American University in Cairo, or AUC. It now seems that every week there's some sort of protest at Tahrir, and there is much disagreement about how successful the new government of Mohamed Morsi has been in keeping progressive changes alive in Egypt and how successful it will be going forward. But the young leaders who were present during the uprising insist that the revolution was critical in making Egypt more progressive. I feel like the, the revolution has changed a lot of young minds. Mohamed Nagy is one of those leaders. Before the revolution, he and many other Egyptian youth weren't politically involved. A lot of people who are maybe not involved in any sort of politics before the revolution became a whole lot more aware of what's going on and felt like they need to do something about it and they feel like this is their country and they have a chance to change it. He grew up in the United States, but came to the American University in Cairo to study and he wasn't thrilled to be in Egypt. But then the Arab Spring happened. So I finished off the semester, and then comes January 25th, after I finished a winter session here at AUC. This occurs. I completely forget about everything that had been bothering me for the past, for, that, for the past everything, <laughs> for the past entire time that I've been living in Egypt. Nagy remembers how he and his friends hurried to the presidential palace with rushed excitement two years ago. So we were going over there and hoping something was going to happen because something had to happen because we weren't just going to stand in the street forever with nothing going on. So we went over there thinking that maybe some sort of confrontation would happen. But what turns out, yeah, like around four or five, we get the news that he steps down and everyone just goes wild. President Mohammed Hosni Mubarak has decided to waive the office of the president of the republic. Since the Arab Spring, Nagy has been watching the political landscape closely, including the ascension of the Muslim Brotherhood, an Islamic organization with heavy political ties. I believe the revolution can never actually be hijacked, no matter how hard any group tries, because the revolution 
didn't begin with the Muslim Brotherhood. It didn't belong to any sect or any party. The revolution was a grassroots. It was, it was everyone. Everyone is involved in the revolution. But despite that belief, many Egyptians are still waiting for tangible change as a result of the uprisings. Nagy has hoped that Egypt's current president will deliver. I still believe, as an elected president, we can give him more time until we see what's going to happen. If you waited 30 years for Mubarak, I'm absolutely sure you can wait at least a year. Others do not have as much hope. I'm just waiting. I can't be judging Morsi from the first 100 days based on what he's going to achieve. But I can say that this is not the track that I expected from him. Salma Hakab is a journalism major who's been blogging about the wrongdoings of the Egyptian government before it was popular and acceptable. I met her at one of the university's dorms, where she told me about her involvement over dinner. I was aware of the corruption and the things that's happening in my country during, even before high school, by reading newspaper, opposition newspapers. There was only one, like the store of Ibrahim Isa. It made me like know and be aware of many wrong things happening in my country, and I was frustrated, but I couldn't do anything but blogging online about it. Inspired by the death of Khalid Saeed, who was beaten by police in the summer of 2010, she attended a silent prayer for him on a popular road in Cairo. That's how, when I went there to the silent stand, and I found many young men and women who are from different backgrounds standing there, and they don't know each other, but they succeeded for the first time to make a collective movement. Uh, I feel that something will happen, like... Now people started to be aware more of the situation in Egypt. As a young Egyptian woman, Hagab knows that changes in the country will have a huge impact on women. But she believes that the government needs to go farther in dealing with issues of sexual harassment. It's like it's a very big issue now in the community and it has been underestimated for years. Nobody or like admit that this is a huge problem and that women doesn't just simply bring it on themselves because it doesn't make any sense. The other obstacle, she notes, is that not all women in Egypt have the voice to push for these things. You'd find always that women who are like protesting and doing those stuff are more in uh, Cairo and Delta and, and around this area. But in uh, Upper Egypt, where there is high literacy percentage of women, you would find them less likely to ask for the rights. And indeed, when you get to the outskirts of Egypt, that's where the power of the Muslim Brotherhood is felt. But Salma is undaunted. I don't fear uh, Muslim Brotherhood, and I won't, I, don't, I won't fear them at any point, I think, because um, whatever their agenda is, whatever their uh, attempts, the Egyptian women are, are, um, are able to voice their opinions. And I don't think that anybody would get the right to um, stop us from calling for our rights or to stop us from going to work or to going to college, because this isn't part of our culture. And it's not going to be easy just to say, OK, women should be secluded from the public life. Some young Egyptians like the more conservative message of the Muslim Brotherhood. AUC students like Omar Sudan. He is a strong supporter of the Freedom and Justice Party, the political arm of the Muslim Brotherhood. After classes at AUC, Omar spoke about why he believes in the party's platform and the implementation of Sharia law. It's part of my religion, part of my uh, vision in life that Islamic law or Islamic Sharia is not just uh, your relationship with God, it's your way of life, it's the government, it's the economy, the politics, everything. 
Omar thinks the revolutionary youth have been naive about what it takes to set up true change and thinks Egypt should stick with experience rather than passion. You can't prepare in two years like uh, the, the MB in specific has prepared for eight years. He doesn't blame his more liberal counterparts for their inability to make serious changes in Egypt's government. It's not all their fault. Like Part of it is their fault because they're, they haven't been working in the street to win the people over, especially when you have the media turning uh, Egyptians against uh, protests and telling them that this is, uh, this is like bringing the country behind and all that. And uh, the other part is that uh, the government hasn't given them room to play a role. And so these youthful revolutionaries work for a more equitable constitution, one that represents all sectors of the Egyptian society, a more stable economy so more young people can find meaningful work. And they wait and wait for their hard work to pay off. For America Abroad, this is Kim Fox in Cairo.